Yes, we know it's fake is back. Special occasion. We have a big, big, big wrestling weekend. We got a lot to get to in a short amount of time. My name is Uncle Alan. I plan, fully plan on being the uh, new WWE world champion uh, come next time you hear our voices. But I got to bring in our co-host. We don't have time to waste. And, and actually, he is the person that Trish Stratus thanks. His name is Paul Barry. Thank you, Paul. How are you doing? Um, I it was really nice. She sent me um, a a jacket that uh, you know, like a Bobby Heenan esque jacket that that showed you know and said thank you, Paul. On it, it was really nice. That's a, it, actually was that supposed to go to Paul Heyman or was it supposed to go to you? Like was it for you? <laughs> It was a little roomy now that you mentioned it. We are not going to talk about uh, much about the Trish Stratus Becky Lynch match, but I just do want to say that I am actually enjoying Trish Stratus right now. Like she's so calm and so sarcastic and such an ass. I, I'm really enjoying it. It's it's actually very good. Uh, my first contract signing. Ironically, you've done lots of these. This is my first one. Like, it's very, very funny uh, to me. So, and I'm actually enjoying it while it feels like half the roster is injured. Uh, so dealing with dealing with a lot of that. Um, go to linktr.ee slash yes, we know it's fake. Every way to support the show. Um, all right, Paul, there's a, this is a huge wrestling weekend. I don't know if we really had thought about this much in advance. And all of a sudden, all of these shows... Has Memorial Day weekend always been like this, or is this AEW's fault for planting their flag on it and then Hunter trying to send uh, uh, missiles, shoot NXT rockets and Saudi rockets at them? Um, boy, I don't know what the cause is, but I know it's the last weekend I want to have to be glued to a television Right. Um, or a screen. Yeah. Um, the only good saving grace is I'm not going to be spending a lot of time like, you know, on social this weekend. So not a lot of uh, worry about, you know, spoiling things and things like that. Yeah, I feel like that WWE used to have this figured out, right, where they're like, we're going to actually give you some time to live your lives. And then we're going to do these shows on Sundays or whatever. But now... They're doing Saudi shows, and that, that show starts at noon noon Central on Saturday. <laughs> it's the Saudi show, and then I'm pretty sure the NXT show starts early-ish on Sunday, too, on the same day as Double or Nothing, and then Impact is doing Under Siege on Friday night. So there is this really steady stream of things that you can do if you are not gathering, or maybe you're, maybe you are gathering people around these events. All I know is I, I'm not sure exactly how it's going to go, but I'm probably, like you, going to be heavily defending uh, the on-demand tag team championships this weekend. I'll watch it, and but it might take You know, I, I will say, yeah, I, I have such a um, sort of disdain for the continued Saudi relationship, so I yes. probably yeah. um, won't, won't be watching that one. Or if I do, I'll just catch the clips. Um, and, and, you know, thanks to NXT and Impact and AEW, who, while I'll say the matches, like, oh, my God, Seth Rollins, AJ Styles, who wouldn't want to watch that? 
the implications for the bloodline. So interesting. Like there's things we can talk about here, but um, I'm probably just going to skip it. And, and, you know, you can have, uh, you know, you can have it. I, I, I won't, I probably won't, won't be watching that. Um, you know, there, and, and there's plenty of fast forwardable stuff. And that's, as we have a tight show today, you know, we're essentially going to do that, even though Dragon off Dijack is going to be an absolute banger fast forward, um, you know, for for time's sake in uh, this discussion. That one, though, I will make make a point of, of watching. Yeah. And, and they're get, starting to get some of those NXT UK guys and girls some spots, some shots mm-hmm. here. I mean, we're, mm-hmm. the, the general public is going to get to see yeah. what the Her- Heritage Cup is all about, which I find compelling. Mm. And very, you know, and very interesting. That's what Noam Dar is here to do I, in that match with Dragon Lee. But I don't think it's in the top, you know what I mean? It's not in the top 10 of the most important things to talk about. No. But Here, it's fascinating. Here's my issue, though, Alan. Can we just talk about this for a second? Like, mm-hmm. why are we defending a cup? Yeah. Like, I, isn't that supposed to, like, is that how it went? Isn't, or, or did they have a tournament to, de- to determine the cup winner? Oh, no. In they, the UK. Because no, I didn't no, no. watch NXT UK a ton. He carried it around like, you know, a piano. Like it's this big giant thing that you're just lugging around that look looks weird. It's like if you it's like if you carried around the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal trophy with you everywhere rather than them just setting it up. Yeah. Totally. It's weird. He won it in the tournament, right? Yeah, it's weird. And they defended it like that. But he, they carried it everywhere, which is super weird. And also, with all the lineage of NXT UK disappearing, it is super interesting that they are choosing to go with like this third mid card championship. I, I'm assuming that eventually it's going to be absorbed yeah. into something else, or maybe this is just a way to get Noam Dar over a meet first, you know, and to get those guys over and then absorb it into something. But it's really it's it, it it is. It's a choice. It's a weird choice for them to do it. Well, my guess is it will not last long. My guess. My, it's my thing. Like you don't defend the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal trophy. You win the trophy and then it's yours. And then someone else wins it the next year. Someone else wins it the next year. That's how the World Cup works. That's how. Like like when you're doing the Indy 500, you don't defend your crown and you don't have it anymore if you lose it the next year. Like. That's not how that works. And that's how cups seem to work generally. When you win a Stanley Cup, for example, you 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 own that cup. When you win the Owen, you own the, you know, those were belts, but um, those should be cups, but whatever. Um, like the 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 belt or the cup shouldn't be defended. The cup should be yours, and you are the the winner of that cup and it should be launching you. And if you want to carry it around as a gimmick, a la King of the Ring. Same sort of deal. You're king for the year. You you don't have to defend that kingship. You won the tournament. That's you. You're the winner. Um, that I don't like it. Uh, you know, call, call me stodgy and and all of that, but uh, I don't like it. I love the the British rounds rules. Like I love the bring over NXT UK stuff. I, I even don't mind bringing it over as a prop. I think that's fine. Yep. Defending the cup seems dumb to me. It the the only part of this that I like is that Noam Dar can do no wrong. So I don't. So it's like I'm just gonna go with it. But I agree with you. Like the make it make sense police, uh, uh, they got one pulled over on them. 
here. I, but again, I think it's not going to last very long. And I love both those guys, so I'm very into it. But Paul, it did not make it did not make our top ten. And I want to ask you. It did not. We have a cheat sheet here. What is the match you are looking forward to the most out of all of this weekend? Um, I think from a implications perspective, um, I'm really interested in um, a few of these. But from a, I'm really interested in, in actually watching what they do. It, it's, it could be make or break, but there is a really strong story and you could do something interesting with it. And I'm hoping they do. And that's anarchy in the arena. Mm. Um, those matches can be a little beat a guy up, pull him around, beat him up, pull him around, move him around. Like they can be pretty um, lame in that way. And I'm hoping we can get something that doesn't feel that way. And, and I think, you know, previously we've had uh, groups that are a little more comedic in it, like, um, you know, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Jericho's group. Um, You've had Matt Hardy involved in some of these. But Blackpool Combat Club's pretty no-nonsense, pretty brutal um, group. So I, I, I'm thinking that one's got me kind of interested. I'm also thinking they can't get too crazy, given the rash of injuries we've had lately within um, the wrestling universe. Um, shout out to Liv Morgan, Dakota Kai, um, Mercedes Monet, all recovering from fairly significant injuries out there. Um, you can't get Kenny Omega, John Moxley, or Brian Danielson injured in this situation uh no offense to any of the other guys in the match but those guys are all make or break for Wembley you can't have them out for Wembley yeah that's a that's a that's a good point I have usually been very up and down on the anarchy in the arena you know the I believe the first one was the cinematic one where they recorded it at the Jags stadium yes um yeah the toughest the toughest part about it for me is that it is very scene based Right. So it's it's pretty good for TV, but live, I bet it's hella confusing and weird. And so I don't really know how that how that stuff works, but I agree. Your your point about none of these guys can get hurt is is exactly right. What did you make of Hangman coming back? Did you know he did you assume he was coming back when that was that beatdown was going on on Dynamite? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's he was the first one taken out by the screwdriver, so yeah. it made sense for him to uh, show back up with this, you know, with his eye patch and all of that. Now you've got Cowboy Pirate Page, um, <laughs> Cowboy Pirate Hangman. Um, yes, thank it's, you. It's a lot. Um, but pirate you, shit. But you oh, know what? Um, you know, uh, John Wayne and True Grit ran with his eye patch, like. You know, he's got a little bit of that going, maybe. That's that's where we'll go with that. But anyway, I, I digress. Um, so I, I I like it. I like Hangman back in the mix. I don't think you've got any real wild turns in here. I think you've got a really compelling story that's left untold with Don Callis. And um, 
Takeshita is is still the end of this story somewhere, or, or the next big piece of this story somewhere, right? Takeshita was pulled back and forth between these two groups. He was under Don Callis's wing. Don Callis is the one that brought him into all of this. Does he kind of, it, it has Don Callis essentially done this in favor of Takeshita and that's what we're making is our next great star under Don Callis. Right. So are there three groups here? Do, do you think Don Callis is like going to build his own thing? Or is it just like Don Callis and Takeshita? Like that, you know, they, they built up to this thing at the end where it's, oh, Don Callis is going to talk and explain himself. And they did not let him do that at all. Right, Kenny charges out, doesn't let him talk. No, that which was, yeah, brilliant by design. Like, of course, yeah, yeah, that was by that was by design, and 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 I think you've got, um, you know, that's their way of prolonging the explanation and not not letting that um, kind of happen. And my thought is, you know, there's a couple thoughts there. One, if you really wanted to set the internet on fire, like. Um, you know, this is, this is where a returning CM Punk would be perfection is Don Callis as, you know, recruited CM Punk to be a part of his new stable with Kenoke Takeshita and, you know, God knows who else they, they have in the mix. And I probably missed some clear signals of who it's going to be, but, you know, you want to set the internet on fire, then have, um, you know, uh, as, as this match comes to a uh, conclusion, CM Punk comes in and just annihilates everyone with Takeshita and, and whatever other two guys they've, they've pulled into this. My only issue being that probably puts, um, you know, a, a, you know, Blackpool Combat Club in a bad in a bad space if you do it that way. So maybe maybe this is where Blackpool Combat Club comes out on top and and you you know sort of siphon off the elite against punk. Um, you know, that's you want to talk about some selling out Wembley, then get me punk versus Omega. Yeah. That's gonna sell out Wembley. Yeah. And 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 I know they've already sold a ton of tickets for that, but you're gonna have to find more chairs if you do that. That would be exactly how I would how I would do it, but there's we don't need I don't want to talk about all of the weird uh, outside the ring stuff with Punk and what's real and what's not. Yeah. I, I I it's exhausting to me and right. it's it's reached the point where I kind of just want CM Punk to go away so it will go away, but I I think that yeah. Tony I think Tony craves this shit, and so I just I just don't care. Yeah, the same. But, it's weird. this is max all over again right yeah sure yeah i think that's i think that's fair um i off our list here i think that the next thing that i am really compelled with is i'm just going to go chalk here and say that this sammy ko roman solo thing i think is really fun and it also, it's not super high stakes because I don't think Roman and Solo are winning this match. But I do think that something, the Usos, whether, I don't think this is where the Usos turn on them, but I'm, I'm assuming this is where the Usos cost Roman the match, which is could be very house show-ish. And it allows Sammy and KO to then separate again 
and let Roman and Solo and the Usos duke it out at SummerSlam or Money in the Bank. That's mm-hmm. what I think is going to happen. But did you see the interaction with Sammy and Roman on SmackDown on Friday? I watched um, the the segment yes. all the way through. Um, yes. Watched the Hulu cut of the of the show. Um, so saw the the you know tired. You know, my only regret is wasting my time on you. Like that whole bit was yeah. real strong, real good. And I love conversely what Sammy said back to him, which is, you know, Sammy. I forget the the first part. You know, like, you're not as good as us. And he kind of rolls his eyes. And then he says, you're not even as good as the Usos. And the look yeah. on Ro- the yeah. look on Roman's face was very good. Very good. And yeah. I, it's just the, the subtleties yeah. and things like that. I think that they're still paying attention to a lot of it. And really, they're, they're milking this for all it's worth. But it's also still very, very compelling to me. So... I thought it was super compelling and, and essentially it felt like and, and it felt like this um, from what I saw a, a little bit of, of raw that I got to see. It seems like I'm just trying to make this part make sense and maybe I'm just not reading it or watching carefully enough. Okay. But Sammy and KO seem to be pumping up the Usos against, you know, like these guys are better. These guys are a great tag team. They're better than you. You're you're. Your piece over here, Roman, whatever. Mm-hmm. But then they come out at the end of SmackDown and cost the Usos the match against the LWO. And that's the part I don't quite get. Like, why would you, if, if you're beefing with Roman and trying to say Roman's misusing the Usos and abusing the Usos, why would you then go and abuse the Usos by causing them to lose? I, I mean, right. I, I assume, I just let it go and assumed because they are just they're just fucking with them both like that that's what they're doing yeah like they're just they're just hoping for mass chaos that they both just explode into the sun that they just completely disintegrate because i don't think that it's going to be the end of this is going to be uh sammy and ko and the usos are cool right they're just going to be on a different show beating up Roman and Solo trying to trying to exist in their own thing. But I don't I don't really see what the end is, but I do like this that it's Roman and Solo saying you're not even a good tag team. We're better. We'll take care of it. And then even setting up Rome when when Solo takes the L in this match, then even setting up some Roman is like who can I actually trust to win a match around here? Like that's that's the ne- the next thing is coming is that Roman and Solo having beef, and then really getting to see how Solo stacks up. That's that's what I assume is getting us to SummerSlam. Some I don't know if that's the matchup, but something like that. That's at least going to extend us to August. So I'm here for it, and I like to see these guys wrestle, and I just want to see what it is that they do because I just feel like they hit all the right notes every single time. Um, also to be, uh, when are the new rosters? Are they in place? They have, they, they really, yeah, they started the this, people are up. correct. They started this last week. So 
JD McDonough was in that battle royal, beat up Dolph Ziggler, that type of stuff is going on. And then on Friday, we had Grayson Waller effect for the first time. So, yeah, so the last week was the first week of that. Pretty deadly. But and I guess we're saying because because even though they were drafted to Raw, I guess we're saying that because they are champions of both shows, that's why Sam and KO are still on both shows constantly. Yes, I think that's the implication. Yes. It, although Paul Heyman had to wear a visitor's badge. Did you see that a couple weeks ago? That was hilarious. Last week. That was <laughs> no, he had like not. he had like a hall pass sticker on his jacket. It was very good. Yeah. <laughs> very funny. Yeah. Um also underrated um moment of the week. Um while while I thought the crowd was um uh, inexplicably uh quiet for the entrance of Pretty Deadly on Friday night SmackDown. Yes, um, thank you. Yes, boy. Like so quiet, like really brutally quiet. And but then like they got into it, but underrated of the week was Elton being tied up in the ropes, slipping out when the referee's back was turned, doing um uh spilled milk, and then going back into the ropes. Yes. Just yeah. little things like that that just are totally missed in 2023 so much. Um, loved that. Loved that. Also loved the whole LA Knight Rick Boogs thing. Like there's some fun stuff going on. Did not love Grayson Waller's first Grayson Waller effect. Thought it was pretty weak. Yeah, um, it, it, he was definitely not as that. he was not as brash and sarcastic as he will be. I think eventually. I would say also like super golden-hearted baby-faced Cameron Grimes is not my favorite version of that either. But I think they're just trying yeah. to do the bare minimum to to set them up to get them over. But I I thought that uh, that Pretty Deadlies was, was perfect. And they're really setting them up. And it's just such a perfect... It's just such a, a perfect uh, uh, gimmick. And they are just tailor-made for that stuff. It's just it's just wonderful. And they're very yeah. good, right? It's not like, oh, they got a great gimmick and they're not good at it. Also, that crowd was there for LA Knight, dude. Like in a way that yeah. they were not they're there in. for other they're people. In. They are way in. Like even the when he's pointing and doing the LA Knight, the whole crowd said, Yeah. It was fantastic. And I was like, this is we gotta get more of this. So hopefully he gets out of the Rick Boogs business soon and and starts to to move up the card a little bit because I think the crowd is is ready. I think they're ready for a little 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 push for LA Knight. Uh, what is the next match off this list that you are into? You know, interestingly, I'm gonna take because I think so much of the double or nothing card feels very straightforward, very formulaic. I'm not sure there's a single title change. Maybe one, and we'll we'll talk about it. Um, but uh, the uh, Battle Royal, mm. I think, is ripe with possibility for interesting entrance. And um, I, I think we could have a lot of fun with that. So um, Orange Cassidy always brings a fun time. He's also been like, um, you know, rest, you know, quote unquote wrestling hurt, but like, He's been wrestling every week, defending the title all the time and taping his ribs up and the whole thing. It gives you a really solid out for somebody to win that title off of him. 
uh, without losing shine. So I think we could be getting a new champion there. And since we, to the, to my knowledge, we don't have a field for that battle royal yet at all. Um, you know, it, it's just pretty ripe with possibility of who could show up, win that title, and carry it into uh, Forbidden Door or even into Wembley, even into Collision, if you will. Those those are all the they got a, hey, hey, dude's got a lot mm-hmm. going on. Yeah, you got a lot going yeah. on. Yeah. I, you know, I'm yeah, with you. The the, the the Casino Battle Royale has been something they've been doing at Double or Nothing and All Ins and all that for a while, right? So it makes sense that it's on the card. And this is a pretty cool use of it. I'm usually not the biggest fan for a title being decided in a Battle royal, but they've done a good job, consistent job with this, with this, with the story. And I agree with you that, uh, you know, Orange has been awesome through this whole thing and even a little different than what we've, what we've seen. But I did love it when he said, uh, that he would have room for the trios titles in his backpack. I popped for that pretty, pretty big a couple of weeks ago. And, <laughs> I think that, uh, yeah, I, I don't know who's coming out with it, but I would put the odds on it not being him. And then letting him chase it if he wants to. Or giving him some time off. Yeah. You know, but different, um, different, different things. Pretty, pretty fun when he invited Renee to uh, to join the Battle Royal, too. <laughs> that was very good, yeah. As, and then she, she passed. That was fantastic. Yes. Yeah, yeah. very good. Yeah. Um, uh what what's next on your list i while i have not loved the build you know that adam cole and chris jericho is going to be really fun that is going to be really good yeah. adam cole's mass wrestled yeah. what one match since his return one yeah one yeah. single match so yeah. kind of treating him like brock lesnar at this point like I'm kind of i am like i'm kind of treating him as a special attraction and i'm very excited about it um, him uh, giving whoever that was last week a uh, uh, the boom in the dirt outside, I thought was kind of oh that was a uh, that was Jericho yeah when he did that to Jericho in the Roddy Strong match it I was that Jericho was, yeah that was predictable but funny yeah. um, even on Rampage then Jericho ripped up the paperwork and Cole came in the building Cole got the yeah run in. yeah you know so yeah. I think that they've they've done they should have just done all that rather than get brit involved but whatever uh but i i'm, I'm very into the match because it's just two it's just two legends going going at it and probably won't be the last time that they touch but it does kind of have a very special attraction we don't know how many more times adam cole's getting in the ring feel to it so I'm very excited about it, and I assume because of that, Adam Cole is going over, although Jericho really doesn't, I don't think, lose at pay-per-views very often, is my guess, but I don't know that. But I guess, uh, I'm guessing Adam Cole wins. Now, also, I could see Adam Cole losing, getting beat up, and Kyle O'Reilly comes back, if he's ready. I, I, I'm just waiting around for that, or for Adam Cole to have a new stable. So I'm, 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 optimistic that that is like the secondary part of this so maybe he loses or maybe he wins and jericho's thugs beat him up and then we get some he gets some help added to the roster you 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 into this one i'm into it but i have a couple of thoughts and, and i'll make them quick 
one, this is exactly why you don't start a promo screaming and end it whispering because, or, or end it at a normal volume. Um, because right now, if we started this with these two, absolutely screaming. Like, well, maybe not. It started whispering, and then there was no, like, normal talking. It just went to screaming, right? Like, right. you know, Jericho feels upstaged, and Cole feels like he's being a, a jerk, and suddenly we're chaining you to the ropes and beating up your girlfriend with a kendo stick. Like, that's... that. It was just not it. You know, AEW is really good at like turn of the screw things. No one's doing it better than than Roman and, and the Bloodline and, and that whole thing right now. And it's still just got Paul Heyman written all over it. Mm-hmm. But the um, but AEW is usually pretty good at like we're not gonna you know hit Zoom on this and and you know we're not gonna put our foot on the gas until it's the right time. Um, and they just didn't do that here. And that's that, you know, I kind of look at Jericho a little bit and Cole for that matter. Like they're both pros who should know better. Um, because that's where you get like, where do you go from here? Well, we banned you from the arena and we're going to do this thing and you get to deliver one boom outside. Like, come on. Like he, this, the, you know, you're getting your hands on Jericho after he did that to Brit and he did it at the announce desk where, he, you know, pummeled him and, and all that. And that's how we got to this space. But, like, you're getting your hands on him again after he screwed you again and and you're doing your finisher and then letting him pin and leave and, like, that's it? Like, really? Um, feel, doesn't, doesn't feel like retribution has been had there um, when you had the ability to do it. So I, I feel like the other thought is this is probably means more to Jericho and Cole than it does to us right now because of the sort of you were my idol, I patterned my career around you and blah, blah, blah. And that whole like mutual respect that's actually there between these two guys. I don't think they've done a good enough job making us care about this match. Um, and and there's probably some like some of the finer points of a Cabernet that are lost on schmoes like me um, that, that they want us to pick up on so far. And I'm just not there. Like it's going to be a great match between two great performers to the best talents on the roster. Um, And I'm going to be glad to watch it, but I I feel like it should mean more than it does right now. So I I think that's fair. I think that's fair. What's your next, your next match. Uh, Next. Uh, I think you've got to hit the AEW world title match here. Um, Not because I think we're seeing a title change, because I don't. Um, Off chance you have a title change here. Because you could do, you need to get it on Brian Danielson to take it to Wembley. Or you need to get it on Kenny Omega to take it to Wembley. And you don't want to have Max drop it to one of those guys. So you have Max not involved in the decision and Max doesn't get penned and he gets, you know, scooted out the next night. Um, you know, Max is for whatever reason, not there. Maybe he's been injured and he wasn't, you know, quote unquote, a part of it. And that's another way to get him out of the picture. But you could have, uh, you know, Darby win it and Darby comes out. I'm fighting champion. So I'm putting it on the line right now. And by God, 
Brian Danielson comes down and dismantles you and takes your title. And then you could even have it done by crook with, with, um, you know, Claudio costing him the match. And then you sent, send Darby after that ring of honor championship, which would be a great space for Darby to fight for a world championship. Um, I don't know. I don't know what I know about it is, you know, these guys can go and they all will put just six spots on the line. Um, the match is going to be maybe match of the weekend to, to watch. Right. And that includes Rollins and, and uncle Allen. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, in, in a storyline world, um, I, I don't think any of the four of them are going to be champions by this time. Uh, you know, two months from now, yeah. they're going to drop, they're going to move that title off of all four of them. What about you? What do you think is going to happen in this thing? I have been so underwhelmed with this entire story. I just thought it was a bad idea from the beginning, and they haven't really proven proven anything other other than that. And I I think that while I think the idea behind it has been, oh well, Max is the champion, and we're going to use this to build up the other guys. I kind of feel like it's brought MJF down to them a little bit. Because yeah. I don't really consider any of them yeah. to be to be worthy, and it, I again I don't I think conventional AEW wisdom or, or hashtag wrestling logic just says Max is going to win and they're going to figure it out. I wouldn't be surprised if Sammy Guevara wins the match, if Jericho helps him win the match, and then on Dynamite to, to what you're saying, then he comes out and says, you know, a part being a part of the Jericho Appreciation Society, your contract actually says that you have to give me the title. And then Jericho carries it <laughs> into Wembley. I would I wouldn't be surprised if they did any of that shit. Now, I don't think Tony Khan wants to do that with his world title. But I wouldn't I mean, I think to what you're saying is like the direct line. It just reminds me of the time that Kevin Owens had the title and lost it to Goldberg at Fastlane right before WrestleMania. And we're all like, well, this makes no sense. But we're like, well, actually, he, they're just getting it off of Kevin yeah. Owens to get it on the person to have the WrestleMania, right? So he's just kind of like, oh, whatever. We'll just like, don't, don't look. Don't look right now. We're going to fix this real quick. Okay, now you can come in. Let me clean up my living room real quick. Okay, now you can come in. <laughs> That's kind of setting it up to where anything could happen, but not like in a way that, it makes me feel good, but I'm with you on that. This match is going to be really good with all the spots and, and, and all of the things, but I, I, they need to show me that they're going to book this in a way other than having a really sick, uh, fatal four way match. And then Max finds a way to, to sneak out and win because I, I feel like that's the odds on favorite thing to happen. But the wrestling will be very, very, very good. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm, totally agree. What's next going, on your list? I'm going with Cody and Brock. And did you see what happened at Raw with Cody and Brock? Yeah. So if, if I got my recap right, um, Brock was like, I'm not fighting Cody. I'm going to fight whoever. And Cody took exception and Brock put him in the um, uh, Kimura lock and broke his arm. They started the show. That how that went? They started the show by Cody walking in and Brock blindsiding him, beating his ass, saying, Ooh. you want to fight? You're going to fight me. 
And then he's beating Cody up against one of the uh, the door, one of the big giant doors that they would, you know, drive uh, uh, eighteen wheelers and stuff through. Like loading, and, yeah. Loading door. And yeah. he like took it. It looked like a keg or something very, very heavy, and just threw it. And what it looked like it, it looked awful. Like just threw it up against Cody's left arm. And the first thing I thought was like, oh, shit, this looked like it could have actually broken his arm. If this was real, that would have actually broken his arm. And so then Cody is licking his wounds. He's refusing medical attention. Then Brock uh, goes to the ring and says, well, I guess that he wants to fight. He can't even fight me. So I'm going to do an open challenge for Night of Champions. You know, whoever wants to come out, come out. And they pause. Nobody's music hits. And then Cody, no music, just walks out with his arm in a sling and and all and all this and then takes it off to fight Brock but he's still clutching it and then Brock puts him in the Kimura and then Cody makes this motion like it had given and broken and then Brock let it go and then the rest of the show was built around Cody refusing medical attention then the end was a real master stroke that you know no one he won't let anyone in but then all of a sudden they've got they've got cameraman there and Triple H walks up, sits down next to him. Yeah, I, I did see that. Yeah, Tr- tries to talk to him. Did you watch it? Did you watch their interaction? I have not. I've not seen it. So it was pretty good. And, you know, we've got some pretty smart listeners. I had one of them reach out. Uh, uh, listener Aaron reached out and was like, oh, no, is this the beginning of Triple H trying to screw Cody over? And he's the... And then and it's, it makes me think of what you had said about Mania, which is we're going to... You know, Cody's going to go on this journey, and it's going to end up... We, it started out as a journey against Roman, and it might end up being a journey against Triple H or, you know, whatever. But he essentially begged Triple H to let him wrestle this match. And Triple H is like, oh, you you know, you don't have to prove you're tough to me. Like, I saw you do the torn peck thing. Like, it's fine. And he says, I need to win this match. I need to show him that I, you know, that I am tough and, and whatever. And so he was like, okay, whatever. And then patted him on the leg, looked at him, patted him on the leg, and then walked away. So it... it you can read way too much into it, or you can just take it at face value and say, "Babyface Triple H is like, yeah, I get it. I used to do shit like this all the time. Knock yourself out, buddy. Brock Lesnar's gonna whip your ass. <laughs> You're gonna fly halfway <laughs> across the world, and Brock Lesnar's gonna break your other arm, you know, or or rip it off and beat it with you. I mean, you know, be, or beat you with it, right? So whatever. I but I I am compelled that there is some some legit story. I don't think much is going to happen in the match, but I do think that Brock Lesnar is going to beat the ever loving shit out of Cody Rhodes in this match and borderline squash. Like it might be it might be a five minute squash that's hard to watch. You know where nothing really happens because that's what these that's what these Saudi shows do, right? Like nothing really happens. It's cool. It's like house show adjacent and. That's what I think is happening here. Like nothing much from what happened on Raw, yeah. different is going to happen in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, um, I like it. I next up for me because I know we're starting to run out of time. Yeah. Um, 
I think I'm going to go with Jordan Grace, Diana Perazzo, because yes. it, I think it's like two immense talents who are, you know, going to going to get out there and tell a good story of like, hey, we're really good at fighting. Yeah. Um, which, man, what a good story to tell. Um, so I, I, I'm excited to see those two go at it um, over the world title. Uh, so excited for that one. No, no, you know, I haven't been super deep on impact. I'm sure they've told good stories there, but, um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited for, uh, for that one. Just, just because of who's in it. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're really, I mean, this under siege show is really a reset from the Mickey James and Josh Alexander injuries. I mean, they've had to book themselves around those injuries to put the titles on Macklin and Perazzo. They've also kept them away from each other on screen when they're married in real life, right? It's pretty interesting. Um, but yeah, they uh, the story they're telling and they're using. I think they're you they're leveraging Jordan Grace in a way. They said the stip the stip on this is that if Perazzo wins then Grace cannot challenge her for the title again. That's the stiff. So I'm assuming she's losing because Trinity is not going to be far behind trying to challenge for the title. Although Grace is a great tweener, a, a classic great, great tweener. But I think that them putting on Perazzo is a semi-long-term thing. But the wrestling will be good. And I think that's really just the implication that's just the story is that these the, the clear top two are going to fight it out. And it's pretty simple, but it's going to be very good. And maybe some weird shit happens, but it's probably just going to be Perazzo winning. I can't imagine Trinity getting involved in a way because she is the absolute just, you know, most pure baby face right now that they've brought some of the WWE glow with the black lights and all of that in. And she did this really sick finisher, uh, submission finisher, which I'd not really seen her do. And when she tapped someone out, so and she's going to beat Giselle Shaw at Under Siege. But it, yeah, it, it's just very good. Right. And Impact Impact does the most with what it has at all times. And I'm just assuming this is going to be just a traditional, very good wrestling match. And they're both very good. And when their contracts are up, they should get paid a lot of money to go do it on a bigger stage. Both of them. What's next for you? Um, uh, well, I picked that one, but I think I'm also going to go ahead and pick um, FTR and yep. uh, versus uh, Jay Lethal, Jeff Jarrett. Um, the thing I don't like is this is going to feel like the worst of WCW booking um, <laughs> in, in that there's going to be run-ins, there's going to be dusty pieces, the whole thing. Like it, it's just going to be gross in that way. And I'm not excited about that. Um, but I am excited to see what they do with Mark Briscoe here and where they're going to take the story out of this. Cause they've had some fun parts of the build. Um, it hasn't been a terrible build. I just don't like when you've got so many extra things happening. I'd love it if they did this with um, uh, Dutt and, and Singh banned from ringside uh, and kept them from ringside. 
and gave us because all four of these guys can just go and tell a great story and crescendo at the right times. They just have all of that involved there. So I would love for, for that to happen. The only thing that holds me back from being really excited for this is how dusty the whole thing is probably going to get. Yeah. I hope. What about you? Are you in for the tag titles? I mean, I'm in, but it, it, it is very, it is a lot. This is like you described it. It's, it's just extra. And I'm hopeful that referee Mark Briscoe will ban them from ringside on Wednesday or before the match. But also, Paul, you did not mention Karen Jarrett. And I don't know why the shit they also need Karen Jarrett hitting people in the balls. They have so many people. I don't understand why she's there and why they did that. It's just too much. And... I would if you're going to bring her out, I would have saved her for the surprise. If you're going to ban them from ringside, let her come and help cheat. But I think all this really signals that this is all much ado about nothing and FTR is going to win and Briscoe is going to help them. But I really hope that they surprise and delight here. That's something that I don't see happens. I don't think Mark Briscoe is turning heel. That doesn't make any sense. And I don't think Lethal and Jarrett having the titles makes a lot of sense either after FTR just came and like weirdly took them off the guns. I don't really know what's going on here, but I, all I know is I just want more Jay lethal Dutt, all that crew at the Briscoe farm. That was a gold segment and <laughs> that might make all of this worth it. Um, I just hope that they pl- uh, pleasantly surprise me here, but it is in my top 10 because I have enjoyed the lethal Jared stuff, but it's not adding more people is not the answer here. But it has yeah, anything we think I, about. I almost made, wonder if they're. But. Oh, I was just going to say, it does make me wonder if, if, if uh, they don't turn Mark Briscoe heel here. And the Karen Jarrett thing was just to uh, throw us off the scent. You know, so you don't do Karen Jarrett at the pay-per-view. Two reasons. One, you're not taking the titles off of FTR. Yeah. Or you're going to have Mark Briscoe do it. Yeah. It it does feel... I mean, I was thinking about this. When's the last time we had a special guest referee for something? I don't it's feel like... That, yeah, I don't yeah. feel like it, that they've used that very much. It, it, anywhere. Yeah, anywhere. Yeah, I don't feel like anybody's been doing it. It used to be like Kurt Angle was a special it, guest referee every five minutes. Correct. Correct. Yeah, correct. So I don't know. It just feels like they haven't done it, and it's a good use of it. I think I'm. So anyway, maybe Briscoe turns heel. Maybe he turns on both of them. I don't know what's going on. I mean, maybe this is the right time to do it when everyone still loves him and is mourning his brother, and this is a that would be a way to move off of it. But I don't. I don't know. I, I just don't. I don't want to make that choice. So I'll let them. I'll let them make that choice. Um, I'm gonna pick the Rollins uh, AJ Styles match next mostly because it's just going to be a banger and I think it's Rollins time but I really it makes me want AJ to get one more run before he's gone but I'm not sure that's gonna I'm not sure it's gonna happen here I think now that Rollins is doing Marvel movie stuff they're gonna they're it's the easy choice to give him the title I think it was a no-brainer before but now it's a no-brainer to do that for WWE 
if he's going to be well, in but, these articles, then it's going to be like WWE World Champion mm-hmm. Seth Rollins. I think that's no brainer. I also think there's an opportunity here to slow play that for when the movie actually releases. Mm. So you don't have to put it on him right now. They're filming. Nobody like, you know, uh, nobody's like looking up Jason Isbell at, at an extra clip because he's like in like a nanosecond of the clip for the new Scorsese film. Like he's in it. And as a Jason Isbell fan, I'm I'm excited about that. But nobody who doesn't know who he is is like, oh, I Google this Jason Isbell person. Like they don't know to Google that guy. Um, so I think until you get trailers dropping, you don't need to put that title on him. Um, I think when the trailers start dropping, and that's when you want him walking around with the championship. That's my read. They may put it on him anyway, just out of you know, whatever, but I don't think the movie tie-in is necessary just yet. Yeah, that, that, I think that's fair. When is it, that supposed to release? Oh, I don't think it's till next year, at least, right? Like, they got to be way ahead on that, I'm assuming. But I think it, it, the... I May guess of you, 2024, we're a year out. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot that can happen in between there, so... I think he was going to get it anyway, only off the strength of he deserves it. Plus, AJ is on SmackDown. So they're going to move the OC back to Raw to to do that. This doesn't seem like maybe that was the plan all right. along. I don't know. I just know that's going to be a great match. On Raw this week, they showed footage of like a 2006 NWA match between the two of them. Did you catch that? Did that reach your eyeballs that was awesome like in a freaking in a freaking gym it was like tyler black and (laughs) and aj styles and they ran a clip of uh of aj styles when he returned in 2016 talking about how good seth rollins was and he had the um like the chelsea green like the karen haircut it was awesome it was really funny it was very strange but very funny um but it's going to be a great match that actually has some stakes for uh, for this for the Saudi for the Saudi show, um, the last thing Paul that we have on the list, and you fought for this one, was Jade Cargill and Taya Valkyrie. Talk to me about why you thought this deserved to be on the list. I think this is the most likely title change of the weekend. Obviously, you're crowning a new champion with um, Rollins and Uncle Allen, but in terms of an actual title change. I think this is the most likely spot um, uh, in, in, I think, maybe in the whole weekend. I mean, not on the Saudi show. I don't see a big um, you know, chance at title, title changes um, there outside of the, the new champion. I mean, is Asuka going to beat Bianca Belair out of you know, a two-week build? Probably not. Um, just not it, it maybe should, but probably not. Um, you know, I, I don't think there's a huge, unless you're going to have, um, you know, machine gun versus machine gun with both, uh, you know, Alex Shelley and, um, Chris Saban winning, uh, winning their matches. Um, yeah, I, I just don't know, or wait, that's not even for, that's for the world title, right? That's not an X division. That's, that is to be the number one contender. That's Um, the flat knuckle in there. Right. 
Right. It's not, it's not, it's not number one contender to the X division. It's number one nope. contender for the world title. So, um, so that's not there. Um, you, you know, if we get, yeah, I just don't see a ton of, of title changes on the agenda. Like Braun is not going to beat mellow again. Nope. Um, I think it would be weird for Tony storm who, who took the title to win the title uh, or who lost the title to then win the title. That just feels like a weird choice, even though I think Tony Storm's the most interesting women's character they have right now. Um, so that puts, I think, Taya, it may be time to take that title off of Jade, and Taya is a very credible person to do that. Yeah. I, I would like it. I would like it to, to happen. I, I need Jade's story to change. Nothing has changed. Uh, at all, and I liked it when Taya came in and and dropped the uh, the jaded or the the road to Valhalla or whatever she calls it or whatever it's called. I love the the uh, glam slam. I I love that that they did it. I feel like they've been telegraphing this, but we're still yet to see a world where Jade Cargo gets pinned. And are they going to let Taya do that? Yeah. You know, I don't know. What? Didn't they get her to sixty and O? Was that where they got her to? Something like that. Yeah. They they also tweeted that she's had yeah, the title for five hundred days. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not my favorite. So I it, it's time. So I think that's that's why I felt like it needed to get on there. The only other one we didn't talk about it, and we're now desperately out of time. The state machines yeah. are rolling, but the um, uh, the IC title might be changing hands. We'll see if that actually happens. Yeah, that one. Uh, and then we don't know if Keith Lee and Swerve are wrestling because Tony Khan doesn't really know what he's doing with that. And uh, and then also the House of Black and the Acclaimed. Maybe they will be doing that or maybe that will be happening after. We don't really know. Um, but Paul, I know we got to yeah. get out of here. Um, happy Memorial Day weekend. We will catch up sometime after the holiday and uh, discuss our favorite moments. Um, of all that, go to linktr.ee slash yes, we know it's fake. Every single way to support the show. Um, thank you, Paul, uh, for the episode. And can you please drop a finisher on the people? God bless pro wrestling. There you go.